Welcome to the Simply Celeste podcast. I'm Selena, and every Saturday, I'll be coming on with a new episode. The show is all about lifestyle, mindset, and business, giving you the tools you need to live your best life. I believe that everyone deserves to live their best life, so go ahead and share, subscribe, and take notes, because the show is going to be absolutely amazing. As always, you can find me on all my social media platforms under Selena Celeste, Guys, thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into the show. everybody welcome to the simply celeste podcast i'm your host selena and today we are having a awesome guest on the show i'm so excited now today's guest is a professional speaker and the founder of dynamic coaching and the author of mindset for success shut up your inner critic and get your life to where you want he focuses on developing the mindset and soft skills that lead to success in all areas of life he has built a successful or 11 successful organizations and spoken to over 150,000 people around the world. He gives back by training examiners for the Ethics in Business and Community Award. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited to announce our guest today, Mr. Jack Allen. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on the show and taking the time to do this and I am super excited to talk to you about this uh, particular topic that we're going to be discussing because you have a PhD in psychology, correct? Ethics and psychology, yeah. Ethics and psychology. And I think that's amazing. And I, I really am interested in just like the whole entire neurological ways behind the brain and success. And once I found out that you taught like soft skills and really get to the root of people's issues in their minds when it comes to <coughs> hindering their success I was like this guy is amazing you're you know you're addressing the main problem and you're getting down to like the nitty-gritty and I think that's awesome what you do thank you and uh, how long have you been doing this well um I'm I'm pushing pretty close to 30 years now. Wow. It's a long time. You're pretty experienced. I yeah, well, yeah. I've had about 750 clients. I've trained um well over 250 people to go out and start their own gig, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um Interestingly, a lot of my work recently has been with people who are, they're in a job that's not, let's just say it simply, that it's not really very satisfying or meaningful to them. It's not building the life that they want, and, and yet they need it. You know, the, mm -hmm. They are like me. They are woefully addicted to food, clothing, and shelter. 
Um, so I don't advise people to just drop what you're doing and go follow your dreams. That is a wonderful way to end up living in the gutter. <laughs> what I do advise them to do is figure out what is it, where do you want to be? What side gig can you create that over time can be your main gig? And, and we live in such a wonderful time that, you know, people can do some side things that give them a lot of joy and, and add to their financial well-being, um, create a lot of meaning in their life and help a lot of other people. And it's relatively easy uh, to, yeah. you know, to get started. So uh, an awful lot of the work that I've been doing recently has been with people understanding some of the basics of, you know, how economies work and how they can turn their fun little hobby into a profitable enterprise. And I, I got to tell you, that's just, it's just a wonderful time to be alive. Uh, I'm just going to yeah. put it that way that, you know, for any of your listeners that it, they've been dreaming I mean, this is really the work that I get into. They've been dreaming about this thing. They've got this idea. And as I say in my book, what always happens is uh, the sign that you are sane is that your inner critic starts trying to talk you out of your brilliant idea. All the reasons why you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not whatever enough. And what I'm going to tell you right now is that all of those you're not enough things are a flat lie from hell. Stop believing them. And the methodology that I've developed over the last several years is how to do it. How do you get over that inner critic? That's what I wrote the book about. And before I forget, and sometimes I get wound up and I forget to tell everybody, if you want a fee, download of my book. I am thrilled to give that away. Just go to my website, jackallenphd.com and click on the links and you will have the book in a matter of minutes. And it's my gift to the world. I'm thrilled for you to have that. And within a very short amount of time, you'll have the tools that you need to get over this inner criticism and get on with your life and start having the life that you really desire. I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> I want your book. <laughs> well, absolutely. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I just, I, what can I say? I, I love giving this stuff away. And mm -hmm. my business has prospered incredibly from uh, just you know, regular folks out there that are reading this stuff and they're saying, oh, my goodness, is it really this easy? Mm -hmm. And it is, yeah, your brain is designed for you to, to work in a certain way. And, and the problem is that our, our world and our culture tend to move us toward working in a way that's completely unnatural for us. And so, of course, we're going to be unhappy. This is not how we're supposed to be living. So yeah. I want to really get into the human brain and, you know, like what you were saying before, we work in such an unnatural way from what we're supposed to be. Uh, like, how does that tie together with your success and your mindset? Well, let me, that's a great question. And let me start with one of the first, let me start a little bit earlier uh, with how this sort of came about for about 35, nearly well, almost 40 years now. Mm -hmm. I started studying motivation. I, I was in college. I wasn't doing well. I actually flunked out of college. And, you know, 
not to brag, but obviously since I have a PhD, I, it, intelligence wasn't the problem. Yeah. <laughs> the problem was I was motivated in, I was working against myself. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was, I was motivated to do the things that would take me away from what I really wanted. And, and that's kind of, sounds kind of convoluted. And I will tell you, yes, my brain was completely messed up. And what I did was um, I actually hired a coach when I was, after I'd flunked out, I was 19 and I paid a coach about the same amount as my monthly rent, which is way, way more than I could afford. In fact, my dad got so mad at me that I didn't tell anybody else. I just, (laughs) wow. And what he started doing with me was helping me understand. He was a tremendously successful, wonderful guy. Um, I met him through a friend. He taught, of all things, he taught a Sunday school class that was attended every week by about 300 people. His name is Lewis Timberlake. If anybody lives here in Austin, they can look him up. But anyway, Mr. Timberlake was also tremendously successful at his marriage. I mean, his kids liked him and loved him. So he's successful at his relationships. He had lots, he had plenty of friends. His business was paying him well over a million dollars a year. And this was, you know, 40 years ago. Um, So he had everything that I thought was like the good life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, teach me. And he started me on understanding personal development and motivation. And one of the first things I learned was stop blaming others for your life. Your life is a result of choices that you have made. And if you'll just own it and think about what you want, you'll start making better choices. Mm -hmm. Well, I spent about four decades, you know, studying this and obviously got myself back into school, graduated from college, started a business became successful there, started several other things, ended up, you know, went back to school, got a PhD, la da da. And then I was living in New Orleans. I was on faculty in, uh, I was, uh, I was on faculty in a, uh, in New Orleans at a college teaching graduate school and Hurricane Katrina hit and our house was flooded. So all our neighbors were flooded out. We lost 80% of our belongings. I came back to the city and, you know, with the, with the idea of helping rebuild. And what I was noticing in, in about three or four months, I started noticing that all of the motivational tactics and strategies that I've learned, they weren't working on anybody. And worse, they weren't working on me either. I Mm. was depressed and bummed out. And I mean, you know, some days I would, I was just crapped out. You know, I, st- I had no inner, I had no energy. I had no drive. I didn't want to, I wanted to be there and I didn't want to be, it was just awful, awful time. And through a process of just, you know, being open and honest about what was going on and not trying to, you know, power through, which is a dumb idea that we all tried power through. Don't do that. That's stupid. <laughs> You'll hear people on TV who will tell you you just have to grind it out to be successful? Can I just be real honest with you? That is such oh, yeah. a block of crap that all that leads to is more misery and usually more, more decisions that take you further away from what you want. Grinding it out is not the answer. What I found out was, uh, through, again, through a series of 
just wonderful people I met. I, I met a guy, Dr. Barry Schwartz, who worked for years in neuroscience. And mm -hmm. so Dr. Jack and Dr. Barry would meet and hang out once a week. And his only condition with hanging out was we had to do it Friday afternoon, which is perfect for me anyway. And we had to meet at his favorite bar, which was hilarious. So every Friday afternoon, I meet with this dude in New Orleans and I would meet in his office and, and he would show me his different machines. And we did some neurotherapy on me and come to, came to the conclusion that what I was suffering from was a form of PTSD. And he helped me work my way through that and out of that simply by working with the way my brain wanted to work. And it was just revolutionary. And all of a sudden, all the motivational stuff started working. Mm -hmm. And so through the, about the next 12 years, um, you know, this was 2005. So through the next 12 years, I started studying more deeply neuroscience and working with my clients. And I had a wonderful privilege of working with over 400 people. And I developed this process for taking uh, us all humans from this place of stuck and critical of oneself to a place of joy. And, and so here's what happens if I could just kind of keep on the same track. Yeah. All right. So we start off, we have an idea and then the inner critic starts beating us up, comparing, we start comparing ourselves to others and we feel like we're not good enough. We start looking at our lives and say, well, I can't afford that. And I don't have time, which are also just pure BS lies. You've got all the time you need to do what you need to do to get the life you want. I'm, I'm going to say that big, huge statement. It's very easy for me to prove it. You also have all the money you need to start the process. And so if you told me, well, I want to be Elon Musk and I want to build a rocket to Mars and that's going to take $4 billion and I don't have $4 billion or $50 billion and I don't have $50 billion. You don't need $50 billion. All you need to know about is do I have 10 bucks to go and buy a book on how to build rockets? Cause that's where you start. And from there, what you'll find is you start getting more and more and more in that direction. And you really do have all the resources you need right now today. I don't care who you are. You have whatever you need right now to start this process and all the rest of it will start showing up down the line. And now from my point of view, Celeste, that's God taking care of his kids. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, I have some people that say the universe does that. Well, the universe is, is, uh, I understand the term. I understand what they're trying to say. The problem is that the universe is impersonal. It, it is an impersonal force and your brain doesn't know what to do with that. So once you name that force that is working in your favor, then your brain starts to believe that. And here's what's fascinating. There's a part of your brain that attaches to the creativity mm -hmm. center. And they actually, some researchers call it the God place because they don't know what else to call it. And the way it's activated is by thinking of a personal, benevolent, or kind, nice God. It doesn't have to be Jesus. It doesn't have to be the God of the Bible. It just has to be a higher power, personalized, 
that's for you, that is kind and good to you. And the minute that you start thinking about that, it actually turns on a switch inside your brain that, that is more creative and is only turned on that way. And this is documented scientific fact. There's a book on my shelf somewhere that is called How God Changes Your Brain. And if you're, somebody's interested in the science behind it, grab a copy of How God Changes Your Brain, start reading. All right. Once that starts happening in your life and you start to realize that, you know, people say, I'm not lucky. There's no such thing as luck. It does not exist. It is purely a human construct to make excuses for why people don't have what they want. I'm lucky. I'm not lucky. Pure BS. Nothing to it at all. But here's what happens. Once you start to believe you have what it takes, you have the resources you need and there's nothing mysterious working against you that rather if there is anything mysterious, it is working on your behalf. Mm -hmm. You will find yourself moving toward the thing you want. And the reason for that is the moment that you believe something, you've made a decision in your brain, your brain automatically creates new filters to filter in more of what you're looking for, filter out negative things that prevent you from getting it, and put you in a place where you're more joyful. When you are joyful, your brain is more creative and you begin to solve problems more easily. Mm. When you're attaching, when you're, when you're going in a negative direction, I'm not good enough, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough money, I'm not lucky. Those negative things attach to the negative emotions, which are there for a reason and are not negative emotions are not bad. So this is not about positive thinking, mm-hmm. it's about believing in your future, having a vision, anything you believe in is a vision for your future for a better life. When you attach to the negative, which it would be fear, I'm afraid I can't do it. I'm afraid it's not going to happen for me, whatever. Sadness disgust, oh, I'm just disgusted with myself, you know these feelings, or anger. If you attach to those, the creative part of your brain starts to shut down and you start getting into fight, flight, I want to fight the problem, I want to run away from the problem, or I freeze. And most often today it's freeze because if we fight, we get in trouble. If we run away, we just run away to a different problem. So what most people find themselves is they freeze. They can't figure out what to do next. And that is a sure sign that you're in a miserable place with those miserable feelings. And what we do is we teach people how to make a new decision to believe a different belief to automatically open up those creative parts of the brain, creating those new filters, and the body will go in the direction of that belief. Can't help it. So if you believe fear, anxiety, stress, sadness, um, anger, disgust, any of those, your body cannot help but go in the direction of proving those things true. In fact, your brain thinks those are your goals, to be sad, to be angry. So some people have heard that, well, when you're angry, you just need to let it all out and just get it all out in the open. No, no, no. No, that would just create more anger. 
and we could, you know, it's easy to prove that. Just look, go read something about the latest road rage incident in mm-hmm. your town where somebody, you know, started off yelling and ended up shooting somebody, something crazy. Anger leads to more anger. Sadness leads to more sadness. What we need to do is arrest those thoughts, get them under control, ask ourselves, okay, is that thought true? I don't feel good enough. Is that true? Well, no, that's not true. The truth is you are good enough. And sometimes you need a coach and somebody that's in your corner. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't grow up in the most wonderful home um, where people were encouraging me. This is why as you and I have talked, you had to separate from your story. If anybody knows your story where you separated yourself from negative people that were always bringing you down. Yeah. And you put yourself around positive people who help lift you up. That's it. It's your peer group is very powerful. So now you have new filters that see new opportunities. And this is the amazing thing. It it turns out most of the time that the opportunities you needed to get you where you wanted to be, to have that wonderful relationship you wanted, or to have that new job that would was more meaningful and paid you more, or to make better investments so that you, you built wealth, or just to fix your health that those things were right in front of you, but because your filters were negative, you couldn't see them. Now you get the positive filters, you put yourself in a joyful state, and what happens, they appear. And it seems, it seems magical. And that's why people say, oh, the universe gave me this. No, if it's been there, you know, God put it there, and it's been there the whole time because God's personal and loves you personally. Yeah. I don't care if you had a crappy daddy. Well, of course I care. <laughs> Not your good daddy, (laughs) your good father, and he's showing you this stuff, and now you see it, and you can walk into it, and that's the difference maker right there. And what so what I do is show people about ten different things in life, areas of life that you have to make specific decisions, and you start moving forward, and it's it just blows your mind. This stuff you start to feel like, oh my goodness, my life is happening for me automatically. And it seems so easy. Well, it's yeah. not easy. I mean, you still got to do the work. You know, you, you can't sit in your backyard and hum and have good things happen. Yeah, but, you got to take action. Yeah, you got to take action. But now the actions become more easy or easier because they're things you want to do. So you see, oh my goodness, there's the new job. You go into that with great expectations, great meaning, great love of it, better paycheck. All of a sudden, going to work instead of being drudgery, it's fun. Work is fun. My work is fun. Now, that's that's the basics of my mindset for success and the the process. Which you can learn the process from the book. I, I'm not I'm not hiding anything from me. I'm giving this stuff away. And, be, and and the reason I give it away so beautifully and so easily, rather, is because I believe in abundance. My life is exemplifying abundance. And what is happening is people who are ready to go farther faster hire me to help them do that, hire me to come talk to their sales team or their church group or their civic organization or, you know, I, I made a speech to a group of friends in the backyard and, <laughs> and because they're all interested in moving farther, faster with their life. And it just, it's, it's so simple and we make it so complex. 
Now, yeah. bore you just a little bit more, I'll tell you about my heart attack. Oh, yeah. Guys, he had a heart attack, right, like a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, on the 18th, on June the 18th, and today. He well, wouldn't so, have been on the show. <laughs> in a couple of weeks. So today's July the 12th, so it's about three weeks ago. Wow. How are you feeling? Well, you can kind of tell by my voice I'm in pretty good shape. Yeah, I can't believe that you have recuperated so fast. Well, neither can anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so let me tell you what what happened. All right, so I started, you know, getting really zeroing in, and I started writing this book about a year ago, published it, started getting it out in people's hands about five, six months ago. <clears throat> started seeing results immediately. I mean, and, and it, the results are overwhelming. Um, in fact, we have not had a single person go through the program yet who was disappointed or, un, or who was not satisfied and, in fact, more than satisfied that they got the results they were hoping for. So what happened to me, I, I you, you can't see me, but I will tell you that for, I'm, I'm 59 and a half years old, um, and I'm in pretty good shape for a guy my age. Um, in fact, I'm in pretty good shape. According to my doctors, I'm in pretty good shape for a guy that's 15 years younger than me. But right. what happened was um, I, I don't, I eat really clean, real healthy. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not wackadoo. I, I eat cheeseburgers, but I just don't eat cheeseburgers every day. Yeah. I eat normal food, but I, I'm really, really healthy. I go to the gym. I work out every single day. Um, more, you know, I, I mentioned to you that I dealt with depression. I've dealt with depression since I was about 12 or 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that as a teenager, I had suicidal ideation. I probably should have been with a therapist, but I lived in, you know, in a time and with a family that, you know, strong Texas men don't do that. And I am a strong Texas man. I'm very proud of it. Um, and so I basically didn't get the help I needed. My help was through sports and Long story short, I dealt with this my whole life, and a lot of the motivation stuff was to get myself out of it. And then the neuroscience and the neurotherapy was helping me again to, you know, to get out from under where my brain kept wanting to take me to these dark places. And it works, totally works. Oh yeah, I know that from my experience in my past. That you got to get out of there. Yeah, you got to get out of there, and there's tons of natural stuff you can do. You don't have to take let, – let me tell you, if your doctor tells you to take medicine, take the medicine. It may be the best thing for you. Personally, I didn't have to. I was able to do it all naturally, and, and I just, you know, thank God for that, right? But, yeah. but I, I, you know, I don't want, I'm, I'm not that kind of a doctor. I'm a Ph.D. doctor. I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not giving doctor advice. I don't give legal advice, and I don't do therapy. So <laughs> – I, I got to say that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I want to be sure you understand it. So, but about four weeks ago, I started having heartburn. I don't get heartburn. And it was really bad heartburn. Um, and it would go away. I'd take a couple of times and go away. So I didn't think anything of it. Well, what ends up happening to me is on the night of the 18th, which was my wedding anniversary, I'd felt weird that day. I asked my wife if instead of going out that night, we could just eat at home and, you know, we'd go out another night. And of course she's just as crazy about me as I am about her. So she said, sure. You know, if you're not, let's not go out to eat. If you don't feel like going out to eat, we'll we'll do it another time. Mm -hmm. So we go through our day. We had a, a, you know, nice meal together and we're, we're headed to bed. It's 10 o'clock or so. 
And all of a sudden this heartburn is raging. And I mean, it felt like, well, I'll, I'll, I, my description of it is kind of funny. So I, I went to the University of Texas, so I'm a big UT Longhorn fan. And I had a shirt on, I had a Bevo on it, if they're familiar with the, that logo. Mm-hmm. I noticed looking down that the, the, the center of it was right over my heart, but it was in the same shape as the head of a Longhorn. And it radiated out toward my shoulders like the horns. And I told my wife, I said, this heartburn feels like Bebo is trying to get out of my chest and he's very angry right now. Oh my gosh. And I could barely talk. I mean, and I'm sitting on the bed and she said, you know, this might not be heartburn. It might be a heart problem. Would you like to go to the ER? And I, all I could do is nod. So she gets me in the car, drives me literally two blocks to the emergency room. I get in there. I am sweating so hard from the pain. The pain is the low. It's the worst pain I've ever felt. It's I'm sweating so hard that they can't get the, the leads to stick to my chest. Mm -hmm. So they have to like glue them and tape them on and they're, you know, and I'm, I'm literally, I'm not, I'm serious. If I can talk, I'm kind of joking around with people and I'm doing that on purpose because what I'm realizing is that if I put fear Fear is very contagious. Anger is very contagious. Sadness is very contagious. And if I put that junk on these nurses and any doctors that come in this room, they're going to have a hard time being creative and being in a space of joy. So I am literally cutting up and making jokes with them. So, you know, Mm. can we take at one point they say, um, you know, can we take off your shirt? And I'm like, well, of course, because you need to see what's underneath this shirt. And and can we shave your chest? And I, you know, like, sure. And then they go, you know, can we take off your pants? And I'm like, I thought you'd never ask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, today's my anniversary. So my wife will get a kick out of that, of course. <laughs> and the reason they do that is because they're about to do a heart catheter. So they finally oh. get me hooked up and a lady comes out and the, the technician comes out and she says, sir, you're having a heart attack. Well, oh my God. what I didn't know at the time was the graph that shows on my EKG, the nurses refer to that as tombstoning because that person is about to die. And it looks like on the graph, it looks like a series of tombstones. And what I had was the worst possible type of heart attack that you can have. It was the left ventricle and the lower descending artery was complete. It had blocked off completely. The way that that happened was a, a tiny little bit of plaque, which all adults have some plaque in their arteries, had caught some blood and the blood formed a little clot and the clot broke off and went through and hit that vein and got stuck and all the blood flow stopped. And as soon as the blood flow stops in your heart, the heart muscle begins to die. And the the pain from that is a result of the lactic acid that builds up. And it just causes this extraordinarily intense pain. Mm -hmm. So I am in sweating my buns off, crazy pain, can't even talk. They're telling me this. They're laying me down. They start pumping blood thinners and clot busters through me. And these, I mean, they're giving me morphine. It's one or two o'clock about now. It's like three hours gone by. And I'm asking, where's the morphine? Oh my gosh. I said, what'd you have to do? Go out on the street and buy the stuff? And they said, no, I've already given you morphine. And I said, well, you need to go to heroin because the morphine ain't working. Oh my gosh. It is not doing anything to produce this pain. And my wife is sitting at my, uh, by my head. I didn't even know she was in there. 
She's by my head. The nurses are on either side. They're packing me in ice to try to get me to stop sweating and to cool down. And all of a sudden, Janet's my wife. Janet said, my eyes rolled back in my head. My whole body went completely rigid and I stopped breathing. Oh my God. My heart stopped beating and I, I died. You, you actually died. You actually died for my heart stopped in a human being in any, in any animal. When your heart stops, you dead, baby. <laughs> that's a bad oh thing. Like I said, I'm not a medical doctor, but I'm pretty sure that's a bad thing. What happens like when you, when that happened to you, when your eyes rolled back, do you remember that feeling? No, no. I, and, and it's very simple reason what, you know, what did people want to know? Oh, did you see the white light and all that? No, I was about to ask you that. <laughs> Were oh, you in God. a tunnel? <laughs> no, I'm dead. Um, a very simple reason why I believe this is again, this is just my opinion. Why I believe that I didn't see, you know, I didn't see heaven's gates opening up and that because I don't need any gimmicks. I know what happens to me when I die. I know I'm going to be with the Father. I know I'm going to hell. I know it. I know it as much as I know I'm sitting here talking to you. Mm-hmm. But here's what happened. The nurse to my left, who I had been joking with because his arms were so big, and I was like comparing my arms to his and messing with him. You're like, you know, when are we going go to go to the gym together so I can show you how to work out? And I'm messing with this guy. He's this monster. He looks like a defensive end. I'm serious as I can be. He jumps up on the table. And starts doing CPR and starts hollering at and starts hollering at me, stay with me. The nurse, the other nurse on the other, he's a nurse. Mm-hmm. The other nurse on the other side, she gets up, they bring in a cart, he does CPR for about 20 seconds. They put the cart, just like you've seen on TV with the paddles and the shock and all that stuff. They put them on my chest, they shock me one time, and I come back. Oh my gosh. They call the doctor who had left the room thinking they were going to do the catheterization process the next day. They call the doctor, get him back in. They rush me into the heart cath lab. They run a tube in through the vein in my wrist. You know, the reason they shave a person down below is, you know, it's not manscaping. Uh, (laughs) The reason they do that is because normally they have to go through your groin to find a vein big enough. Because I'm in good shape, I have good veins. So they were able to go through my wrist, which is much simpler, much faster. They went in, they turn on all the, you know, the cameras and everything. They found the clot, they popped through the clot, they put in a stent, and I woke up. Well, I was awake. Actually, I was awake the whole time. And mm-hmm. they get me stabilized, they get the stent in, I'm good to go. They move me into the ICU, into a bed, and you know, everything's fine. Uh and, and then the next phase of this is typically they do uh, it's, it's beginning of the process of cardio rehab and a normal person stays in the hospital for 10 to 14 days after that. Yeah. I was out of the hospital in two days. That's crazy. And that story you just told, it just makes it sound so intense. Like, yeah, I died. No big deal. I'm out of the hospital two days. No big deal. <laughs> I never had any fear. I was never afraid the whole time. Wow. The only emotion, I, I'm, I'm really serious. The only emotion that I experienced the entire time, except for maybe about five seconds, when the lady said, you're having a heart attack, 
I had a moment, just a, a split moment of, like I said, five seconds of anger. And my anger was, what the hell? <laughs> everything right. Why am I having a heart attack? The hell, body? <laughs> and I got a hold of that, and I said, no. I mean, I, I put myself into a place of joy so that I could radiate that, you know, my typical sarcastic, the spiritual gift of sarcasm to others in the room, which makes them more creative. Mm. And it turned out that my doc, my cardiologist, when he got in there and was placing the stent, it was in a kind of a funky place and he had to do a little, had to do a little bit of work on there. And it's like, you know, it's like if you're trying to, to fix something on your car and you got a monkey with it a little bit to make it fit. He yeah. had to do that. And, and he had to be very creative. I mean, I had the right, I had the right cardiology, obviously cardiologist, obviously I had the right nurse, plural. Mm -hmm. All the right people were on my team. So what's different for me got me out of hospital two days instead of 10 days. The only thing that's different was I believed going in that whatever happened to me, if I died, it was better for me, but I didn't believe I was going to die. Yeah. If I live, it's better for y'all because I'm here to serve. And, and you're able to come on this show. <laughs> I'm able to come on this show and I'm able to talk to you like uh, I'm not talking to you any differently than I would have if you talked to me a month ago. Well, you did talk to me before this happened. Yeah. So my energy level is dandy. Yeah, I could tell. And that's so crazy that you had a heart attack you pretty much died. You came back. But through all of that, you were able to still maintain your emotions, still keep a hold and not let it get you. And so many people, like when there's a medical emer emergency, that's just like panic mode instantly. Yeah. You know, like when I get bloody noses, I, I kind of go into panic mode a little bit. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> just well, like <laughs> so what I'm telling you is, I have spent several years training my brain how to behave like I want it to behave so I can have the life I want. You've developed that mindset that that's works. Idea. That works. I proved it. I proved it under the worst possible conditions. That is so and, crazy. Right. And now so I, I go to work out in the gym and now, you know, I can't go work out on my own in the gym because obviously I don't, well, let's put it this way. Post heart attack, you go through a process. It's, it's a long, it's a 12 week program of cardio rehab where you're in a gym and they're working out with you. And the reason they do that is because most people, as you know, come on, we all know what our country looks like. We are, have a terrible problem with not exercising and eating badly. Mm -hmm. I go through my food list with me and the, the, the highest score you can get on the scale is a 72. I scored a 76. That's awesome. So the person going through me is like, gee, you, you don't, you really don't need to change your diet at all. I said, thank you. I already knew that, but thank you. That's right. I don't, but I'm telling you and I'm telling your listeners eat right. You know, good health is real simple. Eat right and exercise. It's, it's real simple. Get yeah. your brain in a good place. You want good mental health? Start putting your brain in a better place. Mm -hmm. um, so they've got me working out. I'm doing, you know, the elliptical. I'm doing the, 
the treadmill, and now finally, you know, after a couple of sessions, that they told me it would be six weeks before I could lift weights again. I lifted weights after one week. Oh and my gosh! What they're telling me, these trainers, my trainers are all experts. They've all got master's degree. They've taken all this stuff about cardio, you know, how to rehab, rehabilitate hearts that have been broken from disease, from from heart disease and heart attacks and what have you. Not not from emotional trauma. Um, and every one of them is saying, you're, I, I've had three sessions now and they always keep saying you're doing more than we thought you'd be able to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually moving faster through the process than the, the professionals had anticipated. Why is that? Because I believed I would. So wow. for years, my, one of my things that I've taught whenever I speak, when, for years I've told people, if God woke you up today, it's only because he's got something good for you to do. Mm -hmm. And if that's true, your job is to go figure out what it is and do it. Yes, yes. So I woke well, up the second, you know, the, 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 I mean, after when I went through all this stuff and I'm sitting in this hospital bed and I realized that, oh, my goodness, look. God woke me up, he, but he woke me up from a major event. It's only because he's got something good for me to do. And more than that, I couldn't have done it, whatever it is. I couldn't have done it unless I had a heart attack. Do you feel like you've changed as a person since then? Sure. Sure. I don't have as much energy as I used to. Um, my heart pumps out about 50% of what it did before the heart attack. So I'm at about 50% energy. So what that means is about four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon feels like 11 o'clock at night. I, I run out of gas about five o'clock. Mm, okay. And so, you know, so like, you know, parties and things that I might've gone to, I gotta be really super careful of the heat. I have to be even more careful, uh, uh, pay more attention to, uh, keep myself hydrated. Yeah. Um, I have what about a emotionally? Look. I, I literally, I, I've had many opportunities over the last three weeks to get down. Mm -hmm. I shift even faster than I did before. You know, it would take me three to five minutes to start shifting out of misery into joy. Now it takes me 20 seconds. Wow. Um, because I, I, I just, I, yeah, I definitely have a different perspective. I know, drop dead no, baby. I'm here for a good reason. I mean, nobody's, got, nobody's here on this earth to do bad. That's not the reason that God made you. Yeah. If you're doing bad, that's your choice. And exactly. I'm sorry for you making that choice. But I'm telling you, you can make a different decision, and you can start finding the good and being a force for good and all this crap that we're reading about in the newspaper, you know, one trouble here, trouble there. That is completely nonsense. It is not necessary. It's just people wanting their own way and being a bunch of selfish little babies. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying real hard not to cuss. <laughs> okay. I don't care if you do. If you I want to know, but I, you know, I, I'm just saying, stop acting like the, you know, a two year old throwing a tantrum. Yeah, seriously. Others. And you'll be really surprised how much your life will improve. You start thinking about what can I do to help the other guy? Yes. Yes, exactly. But you got to like, 
you can't you can't pour from an empty cup you have to fill yourself up first you know and that was like one of the biggest things yeah. that i realized i gotta yeah, like how do you fill yourself up yeah you fill yourself up you decide yeah you decide and then you go help somebody else see this is the thing that we don't we don't want to understand this is written this is written a hundred years ago by the, the father of the modern psychology movement. It's a guy named William James and a hundred years, approximately a hundred years ago, Will James was writing about how his, he noticed that his patients were getting better when they would start helping others. And those that kept focusing on their own problems never got better. Their therapy just continued forever. And so what I'm proposing to you is the way you get the life you want is you start helping other people. And, and you got to remember, the only reason you have a job is to solve a problem. Well, you're yes. not solving your problem. Your job is solving somebody else's problem. So you, for instance, Selena, you've created this magnificent podcast of all these helpful things for people. And then your audience listens to that and they get help and you are helping them and you get enough of those people that you help then advertisers want to help you and pay you to talk about whatever product it is that you enjoy that helps you and therefore you're passing that on to them and that's a value to the advertiser it's a value to you and it's a value to your audience and, mm -hmm. and what we're describing here is is basically is the way a free market economy is designed to work now yeah we don't we don't see a lot of that because we get selfish people that you know they want it to be about them and they want to you know hurt other people and misuse their labor you know they want maximum labor for minimum money instead of you know using the richard branson model which is treat people like your family and they'll be loyal to you and i love richard branson and the way that he describes that um and and I'm, what i'm saying is that's not only that's not just common sense, which it is kind of common sense, but it not only just works, but it's actually how your brain is designed to function to give you joy and meaning and happiness and all those things you want and get you out of sadness, anger, disgust, and fear. Yeah. And like, I want to touch on something really quick that I personally have realized through going through rewiring my brain and getting myself out of the negative and everything else like that, you got to really work at it too. You can't fall into the same traps that you've had. You can't fall into the same old mindset. You, it's literally like an everyday job to change your, your brain, change your mind. And I really dug deep into neuroplasticity and how like the brain creates neural pathways for like, uh, your your thoughts and like certain habits that you have and yep. it's so crazy how the brain works because you literally create your own your own path for whatever it is you're doing repetitively whether it's a negative thing or like a negative habit you're literally like that's the path that your brain goes to because you've dug it you know out so much figuratively you've dug it out so much and I was like wow like it's it's literally like a choice like you were saying you have to decide to go a different way start a new path and be more positive and be more productive and like 
crush that bad habit and start a new one. It's yeah. so crazy how the human brain just works in your favor. And it works whether or not you want you even know it's working or not. You know, it's always right. going to be doing whatever it is it's doing. You just right. have to figure that out and shift I, it to your favor. Absolutely. I one of the things that I the way that I have said it and will continue to say it is this is really hard. Unfortunately, we live in a day when it's very popular and you see it from all of our politicians is that they want to blame somebody else for the problem. The reality is we are individually responsible for our own reality. Our, your destiny is in your hands. This is the, the dominion that God has given you over your earth is that you get to choose what you want tomorrow and it, it's automatic. It is absolutely automatic. In fact, it's so, this is what's so amazing to me. Once you retrain your brain to work f to, to where your body starts to work for you and your brain starts to work for you, as I have described and as you have found Selena, mm -hmm. it works while you're sleeping. It actually works. Your brain doesn't go to sleep. While you are asleep, the filing process starts to recreate and rewire those neural pathways and starts to put in your deeper long-term memory these positive beliefs and how to find them and creating those filters to show you the very things you're looking for. That's so amazing. <laughs> I'm getting so excited just like hearing you talk about that. Like your your brain is literally setting you up for your dream life, for success. That's it. Mindset for success is the way we're supposed to be living. And, you know, gosh, I mean, there, there's so many messages that, you know, I especially feel, I feel so terrible for young women because all of the messages that you're getting is that you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough. And, and even your heroes, you know, women that are achieving today, too many of them are failing to say you're good enough, start moving in that right direction. Instead, mm -hmm. what we're getting from, you know, so many people is, Oh, you just got to work harder. You got to work smarter. You got to do this. You got to do more. You got to go to college. Oh, yeah. my I love college. You do <laughs> not have to go to college to make a six figure income in the United States of America. No, you do not. Absolutely do not. One of my favorite people in the world is a guy named Andrews never set foot in a college classroom. He is brilliant. He's 26, seven years old. He's making about 120K this year, loves his life, has a magnificent girlfriend, has, I mean, he is literally, he's in great health. He's literally moving himself forward. He's never even been to college. And now we're, and, and the education establishment is starting to sell people on this idea that you need to go to college and get seventy or $80,000 in debt to have the life you want. Bullshit. Uh, yeah, and they start you when you're young. They start when you're when you're younger and they they lay out the path in front of you and i definitely went through this recently because i recently dropped out of college but just like they set you up with that programming like okay like take the aptitude test figure out what you're gonna do so by the time you know you're in high school you're you've enrolled in college and you're on to that next step they just push you down the path so right. now, 
Now, for a lot of people, they need to be on that path. I did. That was the right path for me. But that mm-hmm. doesn't everyone's different. For everyone. My pl- my plumber makes more money than my lawyer. You know why? He solves a bigger problem. Mm. And my plumber's not been to college. So that so college isn't the answer. We're being sold all these stupid answers. It's like pills. And you know, people take diet pills. Don't, you don't need a diet pill. No. Envision and believe you can get there. Your belief is your vision for your life. And mm-hmm. your brain will start working in that direction. You'll start exercising. You'll start loving it. You'll start eating right. You'll start loving the right kind of food. And next thing you know, you don't need a diet anymore. You'll be in good shape. And like, it's so, everything you're saying is so true. And I am so, so passionate about just talking to people and just telling them like, cause they, sometimes I'm on like interview shows and I get interviewed every once in a blue moon. And I I tell people it's internal, it's internal. You got to work on yourself from the inside and the outside will reflect it's not about internal mechanism for one of our studies that uh, that I was part of. And I've heard this repeated a couple times showed that about 83% of success is the mindset of believing you will be successful about 8% is the strategy and tactics that you take to become successful. And about 10% is being in the right place at the right time is stuff that you, you cannot control. It's just outside of your control. It might be mm-hmm. government regulation. You know, somebody goes into the oil business and the price of oil drops 200%. Somebody goes into, you know, building electric cars and elect- in 1979, a guy I know, had an electric car company in the late seventies. Well, he was just 30, 40 years too early and, and it's stuff out of your control. So don't even worry about the 10%, but here's the key. If you look at the books and you look at the seminars and all the things that they tell people about how to be successful in business, about 90% of it is strategies and tactics. Yes. And habits and things that are repetitive. And- And that's not the answer. The answer is to get your, if you get your mind in the right place, your idea may turn out to be a crummy idea, but if your mind's in the right place on the way through, you'll find the good idea. Mm -hmm. So focus. So, you know, here's the bottom line, focus on your mindset and helping others and you will become successful very, very quickly. I love it. I love it so much. And Dr. Jack, we are actually nearing the end of the show. And I always love to ask all the guests on the show this one question at the very end. And it is, what is the legacy you want to leave behind on this earth from doing that, the work that you do for other people? <laughs> That's funny. I thought about that a long time ago. And it's, it, you know, if, if I, if I get a tombstone and it's not a piece of paper with a whole bunch of them, like I described, if I get a tombstone, it's he helped as many people as he could for as long as he could. I love it. And honestly, what you're doing for people and opening up the doors and really showing them like, Hey, let's get through all the fluff and let's get to the main cause of why you're not successful or why you're having issues. And let's 
let me show you how to overcome that. Let me show you like how you're supposed to work with yourself. I think that what you're doing is amazing because honestly, you, you literally go, you get rid of all the fluff and you just go straight to the main factor. And I feel like that helps people in so many ways. And just from talking to you, like I, I, I'm so excited just to like read your book. Like I wrote down the download thing <laughs> in your website. I'm so excited to read it, but you are helping so many people because mindset is everything. It is literally everything. And I learned that. And that's how I got out of my depression from when I was a teenager. It's so powerful. And your brain is so powerful. You know, once you understand the science of it and how it works, you can literally do anything and become anything. And it's so great that you're teaching people that as well. Well, thank you very much. I, I'm very humbled and, and appreciate you saying that. And I love you too. <laughs> There's a lot of love on this show. And honestly, guys, if you want to get in touch with Dr. Jack Allen, read his book. It's, I'm going to attach his website to the description of this podcast as well as in the comment section and all of his other business-affiliated links and uh, business pages and everything like that. So if you want to get in touch with him, talk to him, everything's going to be there. And thank you so much. I just want to tell you like what you're doing is amazing. And thank you so much for sharing your story on the show. It's so incredibly powerful. And I hope the listeners today were able to get something powerful out of this and out of your story because mindset is everything guys if you want to change your life if you want to change your diet your relationship like we were talking it's everything and when you conquer your minds you you can go anywhere you want to You just finished listening to a brand new episode of the Simply Celeste podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, you can find me on social media at Selena Celeste or Simply Celeste podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. And as always, I'll see you guys later for another episode.